is the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast, telling the story of Kosciuszko County through the eyes of those who have been here lifetimes and those who have just arrived. The mission of Clearly Kosciuszko is to craft a sense of place and pull all corners of our county together. The story of our community is ever unfolding and needs you. Each month, we'll talk with those involved in our community and invite listeners to play, learn, and grow alongside us. Now, the latest edition of the Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast with your host, Jody Claypool and Ryan Martin. It is another Clearly Kosciuszko Podcast. I'm Ryan Martin, host, and my co-host with me as always, Jody Claypool. We're here downtown Warsaw on another beautiful day. Jody, how are you? Doing well, sir. Still sporting those uh, those uh, sexy glasses you were wearing last yeah. time. Keeping the blue lights out of my eyeballs. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to hearing the fish stories uh, as we go along, finding those fish on the Tippecanoe River. Uh, but, hey, we're here talking again on this Clearly Kosciuszko podcast with another uh, another new voice, maybe to the podcast, but not a new voice to Kedco, who, who is one of the sponsors of this Clearly Kosciuszko podcast, and uh, maybe some other other people and businesses in town. Jody, who do we have with us here today? Today we have Jack Patton. He's the CEO and founder of a business called Stream. Stream. Did I get that right? You did. Okay, and we're going to find out what that means. Yeah, because me, I, I'm immediately thinking Jack is a competitor, and he is also trying to put canoes and kayaks on river because it's or probably a stream. But, uh, Jack, is that what you're doing? <laughs> Not at all. Not thanks. at all. Okay, good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, so, Jack, tell us a little bit about Stream. Uh, what, what is it? Sure. Well, thanks so much for, the, for having me and the opportunity to talk with both of you. Um, Stream is a software platform that helps diversity leaders help to build more conscious and inclusive teams for healthy and productive work environments. That's a mouthful. That is. Uh, okay, so you, you've given the top level. Now, Jack, tell us what it really is. Sure. So the problem that we're solving for is when people experience implicit or unconscious or hidden biases in the workplace, uh, they're three times more likely to be disengaged, leave their job, and withhold ideas and solutions. And the way that uh, current implicit bias training is delivered uh, is just ineffective. So, you know, when people are delivered or receiving this through a workshop or hearing a speaker, it's all one way. It's static. There's no um, accountability for making progress or true knowledge application over time. And the challenge for employers then is that can lead to unidentified issues and complacency. So you pay for a speaker or generalized training and what do you get out of it? How do you really measure effectiveness over time? So what Stream does is creates a snackable, individualized, and experience, uh, confidential experience, rather, that teaches people to identify and adjust their biased thinking and behavior in a psychologically and emotionally safe space. So what that means is in six minutes a day, uh, we teach people about 15 of their unconscious biases, we give them micro videos that are specific and relevant to them and ways that help them learn how to solve problems and work with people in different ways. So it affects, again, productivity, innovation, and really mission fulfillment for organizations because we are shining very specific lights on natural and common blind spots that we have in our unconscious minds. All right, so you've used a buzzword that I've heard in other parts of corporate America, uh, and that is unconscious bias. Uh, Jack, 
let's just what is that? What I mean, because I mean, I'm looking across the table and yeah. Jody's over here going. I, I, here's uh, what I. This is what I come down. I, I start thinking about synesthesia. You're not talking about synesthesia, right? Nope. Okay. So yeah, I mean, so, so, so again, give us an example. Right. I sure. mean, let's just talk about a, a a prudent example. Yep. So let's start with just how our unconscious mind works. Uh, research shows that unconsciously our brains process 2.75 million times more information per second unconsciously than we do consciously. And that's how patterns and scripts are built to help us breathe, do all these instincts and instinctual habits that we take for granted. So when that shows up and how we work, I'll use one of my own personal um, implicit biases. I favor younger people over older people. So if I have a technology issue and I show up to the help, help desk and ask for you know, somebody to help me, my natural instinct is to go to that younger person. So if I'm looking side by side, an older person and a younger person, I naturally gravitate towards the younger person. The problem is that lacks all kinds of context and information that if you take a step in, uh, take a step back in a second just to evaluate, that older person might have way more experience specifically solving the problem that I'm looking for. And instead of just naturally going to that younger person to say, hey, can you help me with this? If I take a second to reorient myself now that I know about that unconscious bias, I have the opportunity to let those two help desk professionals step up and determine between the two of them who can help me with the problem that I have. So we give ourselves the tools to think um, in the psychology world, Daniel Kahneman is a Nobel laureate and psychologist who came up with system one and system two thinking. System one's very um, automatic, instinctual, reactive, emotional thinking, uh, which we do about 95% of the time. And system two thinking is objective, measured, intentional. Just give yourself that second to pause and think before you do something, which we do about 5% of the time, creates a whole world of opportunities that we are faced with every single day at work, at home, in the community, that we equip people, teach people to learn how to do. Okay. So in that instance, I'll just say, to yeah. close the loop on my experience, I, you know, before learning about this specific unconscious bias of my own, I can think of countless times I went to a help desk, and I had a, uh, a worse outcome because I, w I naturally went to the wrong person. So the minute I learn that, and I literally reorient the way I think about those two people in front of me and open up the potential, now I can let them determine who is most appropriate to help between the two. So I, I then, instead of just cutting out that older person, give them the opportunity to speak up, give them space to help, and that is what leads to better outcomes, and that's what uh, research and science are pointing to today. So if, if and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but this intrigues me this, a little I was going to say, I, I kind of do. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, this is interesting. So how do we determine, or how does stream or, or the whole philosophy of implicit bias, or I'm sorry, unconscious bias. It's the same thing. Um, how does that differ from the fact that, I mean, let's just use this example, gravitating toward a younger person's first home. What, how do we determine that that is an unconscious bias versus a history has taught me, so it's not then unconscious, it is historically 97.5% of the time when I have a problem such as problem A, person A, it's not unconscious, well, it actually is history. So, so where do we figure that out? There, there's a, I think if I could build on that thought, 
we're, we don't approach things from a binary standpoint or from a purely numerical standpoint when it comes to pattern recognition. Right. Humans aren't built that way. Right. Computers are built that way. So when we address anything in our environment, it comes with a combination of sights, smells, past experiences, nostalgia, all of that compounds to every aspect. It's, it is the process of running in the background that gives emotion to the decisions that we make. Yeah. So yep. how do we determine then what is just unconscious there, the 2.7 million times more information, and what yeah. is actually the sight, smell, the, the, the real of the whole situation? Definitional yeah. question, I guess. Yeah. So you know, if, if we look at what implicit bias is, or again, unconscious or hidden biases, they're just automatic associations that we have that, that really come back from uh, when we were raised during childhood and all of our lived experiences that allow us to automatically judge you know, a person or a concept or a thing with something being, you know, some type of positive, negative, or neutral association. So in that instance, um, I, I think you're asking a, a really interesting and specific question mm -hmm. about context. Um, and for, you know, the idea of working to learn how to manage unconscious biases, um, the idea there is just unlocking something or learning something about yourself that you may have never thought of before. So, you know, in that instance, I'm going to answer this uh, mm -hmm. kind of a roundabout way. I would have to know about the historical difference in your example sure. for that context to know, oh, I should do this thing. The difference here is it's an automatic instinctual response. And learning first what our automatic response is, which is just what it is. It, it does not make people better or worse individuals. You know, they are so, these, you know, biases are so natural and common, they just are what they are. The difference is knowing what, how you naturally tend towards different things. And then secondly, equipping yourself or giving yourself the skills to know how to account for that before acting, before making a decision or communicating or interacting with someone else. Okay. So stream is targeted for companies to come in and help with training or understanding or even surfacing what we just talked about, mm -hmm. right? So you're, you're not working on an individual basis. You're working with companies to try and let the companies give the tool to the, do. The, the mission statement I heard was diversity and inclusion, right? Yes. So when, we're, when you're talking about specific things, you're talking about you're not talking about like the number seven. Some people think the number seven's lucky, right? <laughs> right? It's it's a it's a it's a combined perception right. of something that really should have no attribution right. other than it's a number, right? Mm -hmm. But what you're talking about are things like gender, race, what other what other types of categories are there that are defined in your mission statement. And, and sure. the companies that you're age, targeting. Age obviously probably Yeah, targeting. Your companies that you're targeting are having to deal with. Yep. Yeah, so demographics are certainly common. So gender, age. Uh, but then when we look at life's intersections and the specific um, implicit association tests that are in Stream's platform today, we cover um, 16 different life intersections. So we do cover those demographics, age, gender role, things like that. But we also um, get into sexuality. Um, 
certainly, you know, race and your association with other things that can even get into mental, mental health, mental illness, how you automatically think, you know, about depression or, you know, just mental health in general. But we even do exercise um, because how we think about ourselves and those stories that we tell about ourselves af absolutely affect the way we interact with other people. So to use exercise as an example, if I automatically think of exercise as a bad thing just for myself, you know, it makes it that much harder to do it. Whereas if, it's a, if I have a positive association for it, then it makes it easier to do that. So let's pause there. When you say if I think about it as a bad thing, mm -hmm. um, the intellectual in me knows exercise is not a bad thing, but it hurts. Yep. So when you say bad, do you then break down into those subsets that, um, no, we don't think it's bad, but yet we, I don't necessarily want to do it and all of that. So, I mean, there's forks that can go all the way down. So here. is this both yeah. how we view our external as well as in our, our yes. internal? We okay, do both, so internal like, and external. I look at somebody who's fit, I have a certain... Sure. I have a certain perception. Right. But then I look at myself, and I have a certain perception. Got it. Yeah. Yep. And and to, to your point, Ryan, what we cover, so every t so we administer what are called implicit association tests. Uh, there's a consortium of universities who pioneered this um, instrument 20 years ago. It's the gold standard in the instrument, you know, including the likes of Harvard and Duke. So they have, uh, anyways, we've built our instrumentation on top of that. And it measures your automatic responses to different um, associations and categorizations around topics. And that's how you come up with your automatic association test result. From there, we give a three to three and a half minute video based specifically on your result that explains the social, historical, and cultural context about that association. About that single result. Yes. How is that defined? So... If I'm somebody who was, who was raised in a white-collar family and my dad wore a suit and tie, I'm going to have an association to a suit and tie. If I am, you know, from the slums and I see somebody with a suit and tie, I'm going to have a different association to suit and tie. So if I'm looking at, like, the implicit unconscious bias of the tie, mm -hmm. the, the messaging is going to be different, whereas the tie itself is just, just a piece of, you know, worthless clothing. Sure. So, so in that regard, we look more at the, again, the social, historical, and cultural context about the suit itself, where that comes from, how that has appeared to, you know, eventually get to the point of the reason why you have that association or the contributing factors to it. The thing, the thing that I, I want to stress here is the result itself has no judgment. We're just saying, this is what your association is. You either have a negative or positive or neutral association with this. Here's where it comes from. Here's what to do about it next to prevent it from negatively influencing the way you see and interact with the world. And so that next step of this is you, we, we do provide this information and these very individualized mm. pieces of data back to the individual users. And then it goes one step further with practicing. So we have uh, a, an objective and key results framework built into the curriculum. So we give you specific tools to identify ways in which that will show up in your everyday life so that you can then start to um, track progress against preventing it from negatively or positively influencing the way you show up. I, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to connect some dots. So then what is progress? <clears throat> Define what does progress look like? Yeah, so in a couple ways, at a, at a macro level, what we measure against with our customers is knowledge um, measurement 
going up or going down after four weeks uh, before consuming any content in our program and then after. And so what we see is a consistent increase in knowledge management and application after that time. So backing down to that at the micro level, what we then see are um, key results that are achieved at, um, at groups of people, at the individual level, and then we provide um, culture insights into how people are progressing through the program, the degree to which they uh, fulfill their mission, their confidence level as they're progressing to, to achieve these key results, uh, the degree to which they're perceiving bias around them, and then ultimately feeling supported by the organization. So we're giving this, these um, pretty rich quantitative and qualitative insights that measure progress from a participant, from a team, and a larger cohort perspective, both back to the individual participant and to the organization. At the end of the day, what we want to, what we evaluate is what do key result achievements look like? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. are these individuals feeling uh, from an engagement perspective with fulfilling the organization's mission and then becoming more attuned to the world around them? And what kind of knowledge retention and application are they building four weeks afterwards? Okay, so using the tie example, I'm going through this process. Mm -hmm. Are you guys measuring how many times I've seen a tie in a week? How many, so the users have the ability, yes, to do that. So they can, if in that very specific example, mm -hmm. our system allows them to look for that tie once they learn, oh, I should look for this tie. And then in our system, they can start to track that and then do some reflection on what that means to them. So what, how do I feel about the tie? Mm -hmm. Like, do I look at the tie and I'm intimidated or do I look at the tie and I, I admire it? Yeah. Right? Is that, the, is that the idea you kind of weight the emotional value of the... Yep. The instances over to time? some degree. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Because the thing is, especially when you go through, uh, you know, fifteen to sixteen of these different life intersections, uh, it's going to mean something different to everybody. Right. And right. even in the software, we have over four thousand permutations or different learning paths that people go through because yeah. everyone's lived and everyone's lived experiences are different. Yeah. Um, well, and you're not actually delving into the subconscious. You're getting the manifestation of all that computational power mm -hmm. in the instance of experience. Yes. And back to the system one, system two thinking from Daniel Kahneman, we want to move people away from system one or give them the tools if they choose to move away from system one thinking into system two thinking in a way that's much more deliberate, conscious, and inclusive of the world around them. Going back to that, um, you know, my, my example with being an older person, I mean, or, or naturally gravitating towards younger people, um, there are countless times, I'm sure, I negated opportunity from older people without even knowing it, personally, professionally, whatever. So now, after the program, at least I become more aware and have the ability to practice, uh, again, in a safe space, adjusting the way I naturally think to create more opportunity for somebody who I may not necessarily gravitate towards. So the program then uh, that Stream offers to companies for training, um, this, as I'm listening to you go through it, talking about uh, being able to measure and interact and, and four weeks later you're going to be, what kind of training program, I mean, is this a, a, a year-long program? Is this, a, when companies are coming to you, just let's go back to the service side, what are you actually what are you actually providing Jack, yeah. through the stream? Great, great question. Uh, it takes four weeks. Uh, it's a self-paced program during these four weeks where it takes an average of, again, six minutes a day, five days a week. 
to get through this. So it's that's what makes it snackable and easy to fit into schedules. And that's it. Uh, most customers want to have workshops that bookend the experience. And, and the focus of those workshops um, is purely about how the unconscious mind shows up in daily life so that people don't have to worry about sharing their own implicit biases. There's, there's a lot of issues when you know people start to share that with colleagues or supervisors. Um, so our workshops help bring all of this to life where people then can focus in the technology and learn on their own way. Without giving away your book or, or unless you want to, I mean, um, who are the targets? Can you share some clients that you have? And if you can't, that's fine. But, but uh, who are the targets for this kind of product and keep it specific to Kosciuszko County and this area, the Northern Indiana, who, who's interested in this stuff? <laughs> Actually, the, the work that we do is out of state. There you go. So there's 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 nothing locally here at all. Not at this I point. I can't believe we don't have more companies locally that are focused on inclusion. Well, no, but what I'm saying, <laughs> what, what's interesting though is I because th- this is this is this is key because you know if we got some big boys here, we, we got do. some heavy hitters here, and yeah. we have people that are already working now is well there, outside and globally in terms of at least their customer base. So, but then that begs the question: Are there competitive approaches or technologies correct sure um there are you have you know compliance training platforms you have consultants uh there's some in the virtual reality space um and then there are other solutions that might provide uh specific employee bias data back to their organization and then build up some professional development from there uh but where our, our clear value proposition is around giving people guardrails to practice applying what they learn in six minutes a day. Um, and that's different than showing up for, four, for a four-hour workshop and working through things which research shows, especially in the implicit bias world, is forgotten after four days. Oh, yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, well, so we spread that out over time. Yeah. And, and what I will say, I think, Ryan, to your point about you know having large companies here... Um, Stream is an early stage startup, mm-hmm. and uh, we are in the middle of what's called market development, where we are generating revenue with the intent to learn. Uh, we do not take revenue off, you know, just because it's revenue. So we have to be super specific. And the reason is, um, at this early stage, the goal and our path towards finding product market fit is to start to find clusters of repeatability in specific markets. So, so far, what I can share, and and I appreciate you saying, acknowledging the confidentiality, which Mm -hmm. I do need to honor, um, where we are getting traction is with a an organization that has a position like the chief diversity officer, mm, okay. where they have tens of thousands of employees, and they um, see value in rapidly deploying a solution that's individualized, maintains ethical boundaries and barriers between them and the participants, especially when we're talking about this personal and sensitive data, and that's um, cost-efficient cost-effective and efficient because of the data we give back to the organization. If people choose not to engage in the process, that data is there, just like the data for people who engage in the process, and we measure all the things that I shared earlier. Interesting. Uh, Again, we could probably... Yeah, this is a very. We, we, we could talk about this for a good long time, but I want to get to Jack. Okay, because Let's Jack, um, Jack, you 
were working with Kedco here for a good long time, Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation, who is a, a sponsor of the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. We're broadcasting from their studio offices here. Uh, Jack, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot about Stream, but we'll, uh, let's talk about Jack. Um, sure. what, what's going on? Where are you at and what are you doing? Uh, well, born and raised in Fort Wayne. Um, live there now. Um, uh, however, my our connection to Kosciuszko County is... Um, with my wife and her family. My wife is the fifth generation to be on Webster Lake, so they've been there for over 100 years, up here all the time, and it's just a fabric and a really, I think, special part of their family that our kids are now experiencing. So uh, we're up here as, as much as we can be. Um, yeah, I, I did start with Alan very early on, and uh, my background is strategy and marketing. So um, Alan and I developed the initial strategic plan, and uh, so I was involved in uh, several aspects of KEGCO, especially early on, and it's been over a year since I've been in formally involved with the organization. Um, but as I, it was just a couple days ago, um, catching up with Alan, and we were looking at the strategic plan again, and I was just really happy um, and humbled to see the progress that KEDCO is making, and then um, just to see, you know, what we did uh, almost four years ago when we when we started to lay that out, uh, to see how, how much it's upheld and endured, and uh, to see how it's, you know, continuing to affect things in the community and beyond, so. All right, so Webster Lake, catch some good muskie. <laughs> Our kids are terrified of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we yes, certainly known for for that, and um, we're, we are not much for fishing other than bluegill off the pier. Um, I hear bluegill are good bait fish for musky. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, certainly know it's a really popular fishing lake for that. So, go to spot in Webster if, if if you're if you're staying up there at the lake and 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 just the place that you have to be at some point during the weekend trip up here. What's your go-to spot in Webster? Uh, ride the Dixie. All right. I think it's the oldest stern wheel paddle boat in the state, okay. if I remember correctly. And uh, just a great experience. We know they have good popcorn. And uh, I think um, when the captain's on there, sometimes singing, Captain Bob, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, it's great. And, and you get a lot of history on the lake. Um, so we're on the we're on Yellow Banks. So uh, on the point that was really close to the Yellow Banks Hotel from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and um, it's just fun to learn about all of that uh, history that used to be there because it, from what I understand, used to be a really significant draw and destination for people to come and stay at the Yellow Banks. And anyway, so the Dixie's full of lots of history, historical nuggets like that. Awesome, awesome. Check it out if you haven't yet. Make sure that you can check out the Dixie. So Jack, you're you're in. Uh, in at the lake house, okay. We don't get the chance to talk to many people that aren't Warsaw centric, yeah, Warsaw right. specific. So, you're at Webster. So, where do you make your runs for um, for for you know not not just supplies, but you know the time out when you're here. You're going up the Syracuse, or do you head down to the the center of everything here in Warsaw, Winona <laughs> Lake? It depends on what we need. Um, there's lots of great stuff in the town of North Webster. Okay. Uh, we like to go to the river for coffee and things like that. Well, you got that, what is that, Pilcher's Shoes right yeah, there? Pilcher's oh, yeah, Pilcher's is like right the there. Mainstay of the community for yeah. forever. 
Yeah. In fact, we have family in from uh, Phoenix right now, and they made it a point to go to Pilchers and actually bought something to take back with them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we go there. Uh, Of course, the grocery and, you know, restaurants that are around there. Um, Sometimes uh, we will go up to Syracuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do come into Warsaw, um, love going to places, you know, like Mudlove and, you know, Village of Winona, things like that. Um, Sometimes we'll buzz down to Barbie, too. Um, Just... Went to Lake Life a little bit ago, and you know that's a great, great new restaurant and bar on the water right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, so those are some of our favorites. I haven't been to Lake Life. No, well they but, just uh, that has it been sixty days yet? It, I don't think it's been sixty days yet since Lake Life uh, finally opened. Was that it, a conversion yeah. from? Yeah, uh, it's the old Barbie Hotel. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. the old Barbie Hotel. Yeah, the, the restaurant there. Do they the Barbie still Hotel. have the restaurant on the second floor or the? Is that my thinking of the right restaurant? Nah, I'm not sure. They had it's, like it's, a, it's blue now. They made it, it. They had like a pizza shop and a wing shop above the Barbie Hotel, okay. right? And then there was the Barbie Hotel restaurant. Is yeah. that one thing? I think it's Is all that one the thing. same building? I, I think so. I think so. I okay. may be wrong. I, I may be wrong. Swing over there. I thought they were working on that though. Yeah, could be. I um I thought it was something different, but you know that area is uh, pretty unfamiliar. To us, yeah, so well, we go it's there. Changed a lot in yeah. the past few years too. So yeah, yeah I, I, I may be completely time. way out in left field. Yeah, that's it's. I'm, I'll stand up right now and go online and say, <laughs> "Hey, Ryan Martin could be wrong. It's happened before. It'll happen again." So it it is in the same area as the Barbie Hotel, yeah. though. I, I do think that's right. Fantastic. So, uh, so you know, when when you're not uh, when you're not living life on the lake, and when when you're not uh, diving headlong into trying to develop stream into the next multi-million-dollar uh, corporate training engine, um, what else is going? What, what else you do? Uh, I have three uh, busy kids. Mm-hmm. So that that enough uh, said. Yeah, that, <laughs> we can figure that one out. <laughs> takes Ryan, a lot. Relate. He's nah. got busy kids. Yeah, yeah. So that takes up a lot of time uh, in a good way. You know, lots of attention. Um, uh, so why live in Fort Wayne? Well, born and raised there. Um, my wife and I live five minute five miles away from her parents, and we live five miles away from my parents. Babysitters. And That's why they move. That <laughs> makes all the sense in the world. Um, we moved. We moved back before having kids, but with the idea that we wanted our kids to be around their families. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. yeah, we did that. We we came uh, by way of Chicago, and um, you know. Fort Wayne is where our families are located, so that's that's where we planted our well, roots. You know, and that's a t- that that is a Midwestern value right there. You know, it, it makes all all the sense of the world. You know, when you say that, everybody that's listening was like, "Oh yeah, that makes yeah, sense." Kosciuszko right. yeah. County could have the biggest and best of anything and everything, but if your family's somewhere else. It makes all the sense. The world. That's Midwestern values that right is. Yeah, play there, so. great point. And and to my also as I mentioned earlier about the lake, that's what family is. What continues to bring us back exactly. up here, exactly. and I think it's really incredible to see the legacy you know that that my in laws have at that you know at that cottage. It's uh you know by no means a, a museum. However, just super cool to know the story and the families and the people who have you know, passed it down from one generation to the next and just like some really incredible stories and things that come out of that. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there for sure. 
Well, Jack, we, we ask everybody the same question on this podcast, and I'm sure you know it because you've listened and you were in part here. But, uh, Jody, you do such a good job of asking the question. Go right ahead. All right. So, Jack, this is the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. And so we ask this question. I call it the verbal Rorschach, right? But what does Clearly Kosciuszko mean to you? I will reference my wife here. Um, because you know, for obvious reasons, uh, it's, it's her happy place. And I see that come through in my kids. I see that in the family. And so my immediate association, of course, with clearly Kosciuszko is lake, family, happy place. And then there's so much more to it. <laughs> As a professional, I think about the um, amount of talent in the area that has specifically worked in highly regulated markets, medical device, agriculture, where else do you find that? And so, you know, that's one thing that comes up. And um, I just think it's really interesting to see how the community has grown and evolved around those, you know, really um, important industries here. So that's the other connotation I have. And not so ironically, we drive through lots of agriculture on our way up here. Mm -hmm. try, we choose to avoid 30 as much as we can. So it's just interesting. I don't know. Those are the things that come to mind to me. Right on. Interesting. Jack, um, if there happened to be anybody in a corporate space, a corporate leader, somebody that listens to this podcast and is like, huh, the stream thing. I want to know more about that. How does somebody get in touch with you, look upstream, and maybe investigate what they can do, what it can do for their organization? Sure. So uh, go to the website. Stream is at uh, www.stre.me. That's stre.me. And find all the information there you need to start. And, uh, yeah, appreciate the opportunity and conversation here. All right. Sounds good. Now, Jack, you need to promise to come back here in – Six to twelve months after stream has just blown up the blown up the atmosphere on all of this stuff, and uh, talk to us as the highly successful business guy that you are. Uh, but truly, come back and give us a, a, an update on how things go because this is intriguing to me. It's intriguing to me on multiple different levels. So yeah, come on back too. sometime. All right, sounds good. Thanks. All right. You've been listening to the Clearly Kosciuszko podcast. He's Jody Claypool. I'm Ryan Martin. Next episode drops in two weeks. Stay tuned for that. Have a great day. Clearly Kosciuszko is a countywide voice created in partnership between the Lilly Center for Lakes and Streams, Kosciuszko County Convention and Visitors Bureau, Kosciuszko Chamber of Commerce, and the Kosciuszko Economic Development Corporation. If you're seeking a day trip or a weekend getaway, a place to start your business, or a flexible location for a corporate conference, Clearly Kosciuszko will connect residents and visitors with the right resource throughout the county. Thanks for listening.